1: Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm just looking at my hair and I don't know what's happened here. It's a little bit off. It's a little bit off, a little bit fluffy. I don't know if it was the headset I was just wearing, although it's the same headset as always. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous, a little bit apprehensive about the hair game today. Uh, I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Show. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Wednesday, a little bit of housekeeping here I will be down at the uh, in Houston, Texas on Thursday and Friday doing the Clay and Buck Show. We have a Friday event in Houston, which I believe has over a thousand of you will be attending. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. We are number one in the Houston, Texas marketplace among all age groups uh, with the Clay and Buck Show. So I'm looking forward to hanging out with a bunch of you. Got a great dinner with Michael Berry and with Jesse Kelly tomorrow, who do great work uh, working out of that Houston office. Uh, And then Buck and I will be doing an event with those guys as well on Friday. So should be fun. Uh, Can't wait for that to happen. State of the Union fallout. A lot of reaction coming today after Joe Biden's 62-minute address last night. To me, uh, with even more time to reflect upon it. Now, obviously, you can go watch my immediate reaction, which was up here on Outkick the Show uh, yesterday evening, as soon as Joe Biden uh, finished his uh, dress a little bit after 10 o'clock Eastern. Um, I can't get over, I can't get over the outrageous hypocrisy in Joe Biden walking outdoors on the White House grounds Monday, wearing his big black mask uh, all over the White House grounds, nobody around him outdoors, to Tuesday on the House floor, Absolutely no masks basically to be seen on anyone, including Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, two nearly 80-year-old or past 80-year-old individuals who are certainly at the highest risk from COVID basically of anyone. Uh, And Nancy Pelosi and her strange reactions uh, behind Joe Biden. Joe Biden not wearing a mask for the first time in public in like two years and doing strange headbutting going on. But how in the world can Democrats argue they're the party of science? When on Monday, Joe Biden outdoors is walking around wearing a big mask and on Tuesday, suddenly the science allows him not to be wearing a mask anymore. If you have a functional brain and you are voting for Democratic politicians, I don't even care about any other policy, anything other than COVID. To me, 2022 is a referendum on COVID failures. And if you look at Joe Biden, he is running rapidly away from the left wing of his party. That was the subtext, basically, of his entire State of the Union address. He didn't mention January sixth once. Uh, he tried to argue that COVID isn't a partisan issue, despite the fact that he told you if you didn't get the COVID vaccine, you were vaccine, you were going to be fired. Uh, and uh, thankfully the Supreme Court helped out at least part of the 84 million people that would have been covered there. He tried to argue that we were going to have a winter of death. By the way, we're still in the winter of death. Managed to survive so far. We haven't had the winter of death called off. Uh, He said there was a pandemic of the unvaccinated, not of the vaccinated. That was a lie. Uh, All of this, he created the division, and now he tries to say COVID isn't a partisan issue. And I just want to point this out. Where is Dr. Fauci? Where is the tiny uh, uh, smurf of COVID supremacy who has been running around for two years doing every single media outlet on the planet, except for, by the way, the Clay and Buck show, which he hasn't been willing to do. Where is he? He's not doing media all of a sudden. He's having no interaction whatsoever as the CDC abandons uh, its mask rule as California, Washington, and Oregon do, as Hawaii does, as New York State and New York City do, where is that tiny authoritarian smurf who has been trying to get all of us to give up our basic constitutional rights and freedoms for two years now? I don't know. And if Joe Biden is going to do a pandemic fraud investigation, I hope the first person that is being interviewed is Dr. Fauci. A couple of other things that stood out to me. Joe Biden said that he no longer supports defund the police. And to be fair, I think he always said that defund the police didn't make sense. But his party still supports defund the police. So why won't he just say they were wrong? Uh, The violent rates of crime that have occurred since the George Floyd incident in 2020 have demonstrated that defund the police is the single dumbest argument that has ever been made in probably American modern history, certainly in the 21st uh, century. Uh, We had Lauren Boebert on, Congresswoman, uh, who called out and pointed out uh, that Biden didn't have the time to mention the 13 servicemen who died in Afghanistan. Uh, You can go listen to her. We also had Dr. Oz on the Clay and Buck Show. I would encourage you uh, to check all of that out. But the biggest takeaway to me is that Biden is trying to run towards the middle part of the country uh, and uh, abandon the left wing of his country as his approval rate has fallen somewhere to the neighborhood of 35 or 37%. uh, And he recognizes that he is headed for about eight months from now An unmitigated disaster in the midterms and he's trying to figure out how to get back to normalcy. Speaking of normalcy, uh, I want to give a shout out to Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. Have you guys seen the clip? I shared it of Ron DeSantis speaking at South Florida at USF. There's a group of kids lined up behind him that are wearing masks and he basically says, Take those masks off if you want to. We got to stop with this cosmetic theater. They don't do anything to protect you. Amen, amen, amen. We have got to stop. I'm going to get on an airplane tomorrow morning early to fly to Houston, and I'm going to have to wear my mask. And I had a couple of flight attendants. The last flight I took back from Mar-a-Lago last week, a couple of Southwest flight attendants. Yes, I fly Southwest Airlines. There's always a ton of people who are like, you fly Southwest Airlines? Yes, yes. I am rich and I fly Southwest Airlines because Nashville has more flights with Southwest Airlines than anybody else. Uh, I have over a million Southwest Airline points. I fly Southwest Airlines everywhere, all right? If you fly out of Nashville and you fly Southwest Airlines very regularly, you probably have seen me on a Southwest Airlines flight. Uh, Flight attendants came up to me uh, as I was leaving, flying back from South Florida after being at Mar-a-Lago And they were saying, hey, big fans saw that you were with Trump today. We agree with you about the masks, right? There are so many flight attendants now, on Southwest at least, who come up to me and say, hey, the flight mask mandate makes no sense. And it has to get eliminated for us to get back to normalcy. When you've got 70,000 people indoors at a football stadium, when you've got the State of the Union going on and nobody's wearing masks at either place, First of all, no kids should be wearing masks. That's beyond a shadow of a doubt because they don't work. But what you have to have is aggressive fighting back against masking. And I give credit to Ron DeSantis for giving, uh, maybe we can splice in even in this clip. If you haven't seen it, you can go to my Twitter feed at Clay Travis and see Ron DeSantis saying what is the truth. If you cared about actual science, what you would be saying, which is the data is clear. Masking makes no sense. People are allowed to wear masks. I'm not saying you can't do it, but requiring other people to wear masks is the height of absurdity. It needs to end in every school, in every indoor setting, and it certainly needs to end on airplanes now. And I want to share this data point. Speaking of kids and how ridiculous it was to put them in masks, the data came out from the CDC. Do you know what the COVID death rate was for kids under 15 years old, and I shared this uh, from Rand Paul, Senator from Kentucky, one in 2.32 million. Let me repeat that. If you were a kid under 15 years old, your odds of dying of COVID were one in 2.32 million, according to the most recent data from the CDC. That means, and I want to reiterate this because I think it matters, you're far more likely if you have kids, those kids are far more likely to be murdered, to drown, to die of the seasonal flu than they are to die from COVID if they are under the age of 15 years old. That all matters. Facts matter. Science used to matter and should still matter. Uh, Major League Baseball. We got the lockout that is still dragging on uh, and- Now there have been games canceled, uh, around seven games, so we're going to go from 162 in theory down to 155 or so. The opening two-game series uh, have been canceled in Major League Baseball. Now look, I'm a Major League Baseball fan. I've gotten drawn back into it by my 11-year-old who became an Atlanta Braves fan. I then became a Braves fan alongside of him. I've got a full week of games that we're going to go see in Atlanta at Truist Park down at the Battery in June, I'm spending a seven straight days going to seven straight ball games, staying at the Omni Hotel. I love the experience; it's a lot of fun. Okay, uh, at the Battery, I'll do my radio show from right there. We've got a radio affiliate uh, that is located right there in the Battery in Atlanta. Um, I love it. Right, it's an incredibly fun experience. But I really don't care if there's 120 games or 140 games or 162 games, or 100 games. I just don't because uh, I really don't start paying attention substantially to Major League Baseball until we get into July, into August, until all the other sports are basically over, right? And now you've got uh, USFL coming on, which I'm intrigued to see how they do in April, down in Birmingham, all those games are going to be taking place. Uh, You've got March Madness, it's going to be up sooner or later. I don't know how many of you listen to the Clay and Buck show as well as you're listening to me right now. Uh, Buck Sexton saying he had never filled out a bracket in his history. Uh, he's 40 years old in his entire life, had never filled out an NCAA tournament bracket. My mind totally blown over this. Uh, I, I could not believe it. Um, and uh, And this is amazing. I didn't even know that I knew anyone who had never filled out a bracket. Uh, now I know Buck, uh, and, uh, and I'm blown away by that. But they're going to eventually come to a resolution, right? There is going to be a resolution in Major League Baseball. The players and the owners are going to reach an agreement. And they're then going to be able uh, to figure out the season, right? This thing is not going to drag on forever. Uh, eventually there is going to be a solution and they're going to play and hopefully they'll get like a 10-year or more uh, deal done for the players' union. And I'm not trying to pick sides because I frankly am not involved enough. I know everybody wants to take aggressive sides. I haven't paid enough attention to the details of the player and the owner perspectives to have a strong opinion on which side is correct. I know that they just need to reach a resolution. I know that there's too much at stake for them not to eventually reach a resolution. So uh, I'm not too worried about it. I know that eventually we're going to have baseball. They are going to play a season. As long as my games are taking place in late June, which I've already booked the hotel and everything else for, and I can go watch the Braves play. I think I'm playing to see them play the Giants and the Dodgers back-to-back. As long as I can be there for those seven games in Atlanta back-to-back, I'm good.
0: Getting ready to take on Spring.
1: Hey, Clay Travis here. Hope you guys are enjoying OutKick. The show will have more coming back next. I want to talk to you also about, this is a cool story. Yahoo Sports. I don't know how many of you pay a lot of attention to Yahoo Sports. They were the first place I ever signed up to do fantasy sports. They've had a good cadre of talent that they've employed for a long time. In fact, if you want a memory lane story, um, when I was... Early on in my career and writing online, when I was primarily just writing, uh, I was writing at cbssports.com, sportsline.com. Some of you will remember this. This was in the years of 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007-ish. Uh, my first book, Dixieland Delight, came out uh, about the 2007 SEC football season, 2006 SEC football season. So this would have been in 2007. They brought me out to Santa Monica, to L.A., to, uh, to interview, to potentially be hired to come work at Yahoo Sports. And uh, I was super excited. It was my first real trip out to Los Angeles. I stayed in Santa Monica, walked around at the pier, spent all day at the Yahoo Sports offices interviewing. Uh, to see whether or not I was going to get hired there. This would have been a huge deal for me. Uh, at the time, I was making you know $35,000 a year or something writing for CBS. I was trying to find a way to make a living uh, in the world of sports media. It's incredibly competitive, incredibly difficult to do. Uh, and so I interviewed all day there, thought it went phenomenally well. I was thinking, man, I might get an offer of $100,000 a year would have been life-changing money for me and my wife, my family, everybody. Wife was pregnant. Uh, We were working towards having our first kid at that point. And, uh, or maybe our first kid had just been born right around that time. And I didn't get the offer. Didn't get the offer from Yahoo Sports. They ended up hiring other people, might I say, people who have been, by and large, far less successful. Uh, and I ended up having to continue to battle. Uh, I've told this story before, but on my 30th birthday, I was making $30,000 a year writing about sports, not sure whether I would ever break through and make a significant difference uh, in terms of being able to make a legitimate financial, uh, financial living doing what I loved, to say nothing of getting rich, and obviously I'm rich now, but I was poor then had a, a lot of uh, responsibilities, a couple of kids that I was worried about, didn't get that job at Yahoo Sports. Well, I bring all that back around to say, uh, Yahoo Sports now, there is a story that went up on CNBC that I actually agree with. Yahoo Sports is potentially going to merge with a sports gambling company. Now, let me tell you, sports gambling stocks are getting absolutely massacred right now. Whether it's DraftKings, whether it is Penn, whether it is FanDuel, meaning Flutter, whether it's uh, PointsBet, BetRivers, RSI, you name them, they're all getting killed right now. And there needs to be a lot more merger going on uh, in order for this industry to survive. I really do believe that. And I think we're poised for a lot of big mergers to be announced in the foreseeable near future. Uh, And I invest in all these stocks. I got shares in all of them. So I've lost on paper uh, a decent amount of money now. Now, I made a lot from 2020 when I bought down at the very bottoms of the market. They're still up from there. But major, uh, major collapses that have occurred in general. And so what needs to happen, I've been making this argument for a long time. And certainly this is part of why I sold out Kick to Fox is there needs to be more consolidation? And the argument, the report is out there that Yahoo Sports is potentially going to be sold and merged with a sports book. And I think it makes a ton of sense. I think it makes a ton of sense to bring content and uh, gambling together. This is what Penn did when they bought Barstool. This is what Fox Sports has done uh, when they bought us. And I think it makes a lot of sense for Yahoo Sports to, uh, to merge with the right gambling company we'll see who exactly that might be going forward. Uh, Finally, this is my last show, by the way, of the week. I'll be back on Monday. When I'm down in Texas, I won't be here. Uh, So we'll be doing a lot of events in Houston, but I won't be doing Outkick the Show uh, because I'll be busy down there. Um, This is an interesting story. So Apple has pulled their products out of Russia. Uh, Disney has pulled their movies out of Russia. And I saw this in the world of video games and I thought, look, you can disagree, as I do, with Russia invading Ukraine and see that EA Sports is pulling Russian teams out of FIFA and say this doesn't feel like it makes a lot of sense. And I even saw a sports media company that said we're not even going to carry the scores of Russian games anymore. And I thought to myself, well, that seems like really strange, right? So this selective, uh, this selective wokeness as it pertains to global issues really bothers me. Okay. My position's pretty straightforward. Apple should make their phones. And yes, I have an iPhone. Apple should make their phones, in my opinion, in the United States. I wish they made them here instead of China. But if Apple elects to make their phones in China, To me, you can also understand their capitalistic argument for why they're doing it. Bigger issue, though, is how in the world is Apple standing up to Russia and not selling their phones there while simultaneously making their phones in a genocidal country like China? I don't think it's asking too much to say of a company, hey... If you are going to argue that you are concerned about social justice and human rights around the world, why are you selectively deciding to be outraged in Russia if you're Apple or Disney or the NBA for that matter or FIFA and not being outraged in general? In other words, FIFA said to Russia, hey, we're not going to allow you to compete in the World Cup this year. Okay. Why did we do everyone not the same thing to the IOC as it pertains to China? Why did we all bend the knee to China? And the answer is because China is more powerful economically than Russia. I watched the State of the Union last night and I asked this question on the Clay and Buck show. I saw a ton of different congressmen and congresswomen wearing a Ukraine lapel on their shirts uh, and their jackets, whatever they're wearing at the State of the Union. And the question that I asked, and I think it's an interesting one, is how many of those same people, if China invaded Taiwan, would have a Taiwan flag on their lapel? I think it would be far fewer people. Is Apple going to refuse to sell their gear in China if Taiwan is invaded by China? Or is Disney going to refuse to allow their movies to be released in China? Or are we going to see an entirely different response in the event? We certainly haven't seen this happen with China taking over Hong Kong. We're seeing a completely different response based on what power, what the power situation is and what the power dynamics are in in that scenario. Uh, So I just want to think about, I want you to think a little bit about that. Finally, I don't think I talked about this yesterday, uh, but this is absolutely absurd and ridiculous and somehow perfect at simultaneously. Did you see that our federal government uh, released new guidelines on what to do in the event of nuclear explosion? This is at ready.gov, okay? At ready.gov, They say that if a nuclear explosion happens, this is legitimately I'm reading directly from the website. Many people may already feel fear and anxiety about COVID-19. The threat of a nuclear explosion can add additional stress. Nuclear explosion can add additional stress. This is from our government websites as it pertains to COVID intersecting with nuclear explosions. If there is a nuclear explosion, your government wants you to know, try to maintain a distance of at least six feet between yourself and the people who are not part of your household. Wear a mask as well if a nuclear explosion happens. Remember, The threat of a nuclear explosion can add additional stress to people who are already stressed about COVID. If you have to call 911, I really question whether 911 is going to work very well in the event of nuclear explosion. But if you have to call 911, your government wants you to know that you need to put on a mask before help arrives. This is real. This is your government reacting to nuclear explosion. Again, the threat of a nuclear explosion can can add additional stress to people already stressed by COVID-19. We got to end the insanity. We got to end all restrictions. We got to go back to 100% normalcy. Should have been there a long time ago. Have to be there right now. I am Clay Travis. Look forward to meeting and seeing many of you down in Houston over the next couple of days. I'll be down in the great state of Texas on Thursday and Friday, back home in Nashville on Saturday. Uh, Hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Hope you enjoyed Outkick the Show. Go give us five stars and thank you for all the fabulous comments on YouTube. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP.